drop all that stuff um do you have an instagram set up for right now that we can plug for the people yeah so it's at physiothenics uh p-h-y-s-i-o-t-h-e-n-i-x um we'll put that yeah. in the bio and stuff yo that's that's physio the next right <laughs> oh, stop, stop this don't, don't vex me bro physio, physio the six is the other six? It's a lawsuit. Gotta ride the wave, man. <laughs> what is up, everyone? This is Prav Walid and our special guest Landon on the new and revised PT Lens podcast. What's good? How's it going, everybody? What up? Man, this has been a long time coming, but um, we've obviously had some changes. You know, one of our good friends, Michael, he's been really busy and he's had to step away. But, you know, it's all good. We're still going to keep going and we have his blessing. Wait, he can't be replaced. So we're going to just be doing <laughs> us two. But, you know, mission is still the same. Still trying to talk health, wellness, lifestyle. But from the PT lens, physiotherapy kind of exposes us to all this all of these fields in a very specific way and we just still try mm-hmm. to spread the messages to whoever whoever's willing to listen and wants to learn a little bit more exactly so, and that's we got how a, we ended up that's how we ended up with mr landon exactly that's why we ended up with uh, this beast on the podcast so mm-hmm. landon why don't you give us a little rundown on what you've been up to because it's been a lot sure so i'm landon i'm a physio as well as an exercise physiologist. A physio resident. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, phys- a physio resident. Damn. Man yeah. came, cor- man came well, to correct. True. I, I was doing it for you, bro. Hey, I'm just doing it for you, man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, bro. I'm I just know. saying. <laughs> res- res- respect. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, so physio resident and an exercise physiologist uh, in Toronto currently working uh, in private practice as well as uh, a trainer and physiotherapist resident under my own company as well and i'm also doing some stuff for a company called embodia where i'm an exercise content manager um yeah i did a bachelor's in kines at york university did an exercise science master's degree also at York, and then I did a master's in physio at U of T. Um, but all in all, I'm just uh, a guy that likes to move and get other people to move and inspire others to live healthier lifestyles. So are you saying motion is lotion? Motion is lotion. <laughs> Movement is medicine. <laughs> what other slogans do you got? Tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> Oh man, I don't I don't have too many. I feel like movement is medicine is my key one, man. That's the one That's I rely it. on the most, you know. Mm-hmm. So can't, can't 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 go wrong with getting strong. Shout out Adam Meekins, my dad. Nice, That's my it. dad. Let's go. <laughs> Huge shout out. Huge shout out. So coming from basically two master's degrees, how do you think the two, just for like general people? What do you what do you think are the main things? Maybe one or two key points from each one that you learned that you think the average person could could take away into their lives and be brutally honest too by the way i know you got them Uh, opinions uh i would just say that i mean i think both degrees uh have kind of gotten me to think a little bit more critically and not take everything as face value 
from what a university will say. Evidence changes and uh, you kind of have to stay up to date overall. Um, and I think both degrees kind of taught me just the importance in lifelong learning and um, striving just to understand more and get a deeper understanding of different topics within health and wellness. That's kind of what I got out of like my masters in general. They both had like their obviously um, extra kind of curricular experiences where you get exposed to lots of different workspaces and work with various populations and stuff like that. And but regardless, regardless of the population, the group you're working with, the goal remains the same: get people functional, get people moving, get people healthier. So. You know, that's a huge thing, actually. And then the best, like the most recent example that I can think of when you're saying all this is, um, I'm not going to say who it is, but one of my most recent patients, she was very discouraged when she couldn't keep up with an exercise program um, that she was keep, like that she was trying to do. And um, like my, my thing was always like trying to motivate her and try to get her to kind of think like it's it's okay, it's okay, there's gonna be setbacks and all this stuff. And then she just stopped me and asked me, do you do personal training? And in that moment, I kind of realized, I was like, yeah, I'm a physio, but I'm not gonna say I'm a personal trainer because there are certain certifications for that and stuff. But I realized how much of an impact we have when we kind of assess how people move. And we find little like deficiencies and inefficiencies in how they move. And then they start relying on us for actually keeping up with moving so much. So, um one of the things that I find very interesting about what you do is you kind of focus a lot more on building an exercise program and and not just progressing to the point that you're um, fixing the original injury, but you, um, maybe I shouldn't answer this for you and you can explain this a little bit better for us, but you kind of help patients, I believe, get better, but not only that, you also teach them that you got to get stronger. Like, how do you encourage them to become stronger or do you have a certain set of like standards that you kind of set for them that they should meet like how do you kind of approach that yeah I think uh, I think my approach in general has been if we're talking about someone coming in with a general ache or pain or some sort of injury yeah let's just say let's just say I come into you and I'm like Landon yeah. listen like my like I'm doing a workout program, I'm doing push-pull, like I'm doing legs on one day, I'm doing running, but my traps, my neck is very stiff all the time. What would your approach be with me? Yeah, so in, in that case, I mean, obviously there's a, a lot of variables that you have to account for, but I think it's always trying to think about, you know, one's capacity and movement tolerance um, and trying to see all of the stressors that are kind of in their life and no matter what building a larger capacity for things is going to come down to moving overall so I try to encourage people and tell them like you know it's going to take X amount of physiological or physical stress to do X activity and in order to tolerate this better we need to build up a bigger reserve um, for you so more amount of movement tolerance and the way that we're going to do that is through strengthening overall and the larger than our capacity can be or work capacity you know the less that we actually have to use of that of that total amount and so 
then it becomes more easier for you to do these things and you can be more tolerant of doing them. That's something that I would typically say to somebody. I like the word that you use. It was reserve. It's not something that mm, I'm too familiar with. So like, do you mind explaining that a little better for us too, just to get the full context? Sure. Like, um, how can I explain this a little bit? Let's just say, um, you have just a cup of water, for instance, right? And you're filling up that cup. And let's say that cup holds 500 milliliters. And let's say activity X currently is 450 milliliters of your total expenditure or what have you. Well, that leaves us 50 milliliters per se reserve left over. And this current activity is taking up 90% of my capacity to do it. Now, if I build it, build up a larger system, um, let's say now it goes up to 750 milliliters, whatever, and then now we're at we're still taking activity X, let's say that's requiring 450, you know, quick maths would tell me that's like 60% or so. Quick that's maths, gonna, quick that's maths. Gonna, that's gonna be, now that's gonna be 60% of, of it, right? And now I have 300 milliliters reserved left in, in the tank for me to still use. You know what? I actually believe those numbers because I heard like the buttons clicking in the background. It sounded like a calculator was actually being punched. I, Yo, I just yeah. went through like a calculus flashback, bro. I had to, I had to, I had to pull it up real quick. I was like, I was, I was sitting there. I'm like, what is it? I had to do the quick click, and I was like, okay, sixty. We're good. Quick maths. <laughs> quick maths. I was gonna say sixty-two, but there we go, sixty. I believe you, man. I think that's a good way to look at it, though, because like a lot of times we're concerned or like patients that we see, they're concerned with like, hey, how can I completely get rid of X, Y, Z pain, X, Y, Z discomfort doing the exact same thing I've been doing for, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years, right? But mm-hmm. all of a sudden they, I ask them like, hey, what has changed since you started getting, I don't know, for example, knee pain, back pain, right? They're like, oh, I started running four times a week. How can you, how would you not get this pain, this discomfort, or this irritation if you went from doing zero to 100 and you don't want to increase your capacity to tolerate in the first place? Like, why would you expect? I'm not saying like it's actually just coming from not being told or not being informed or educated, like mm-hmm. by a healthcare professional or like by anyone in general, right? Like if yeah. your body's done something for 10 years, it's not going to be able to magically do something that's maybe 10, 15% harder without having to send a signal that, hey, I'm not ready for this, right? Yeah. So I like this reserve model. That's something I never heard. Um, have, are, are you finding you're educating patients on that a lot? Yeah, I think, I think in a lot of cases, I, I bring it up because... More often than not, I think in a very simplistic way, I think most people end up doing, you know, either too much too soon or they've done a little too little too long, or maybe it's kind of a bit of both. They've been become so deconditioned and then they've done something like Mm -hmm. a crazy, crazy run that they used to be able to tolerate. And now they just don't have the movement tolerance to withstand such you know stress and force through their body so 
I think it's an easy way to educate people, and yeah, I bring it up quite a bit. But okay. it, again, it's always it's always context specific at the end of the day. No, no, of course, of course, and that's why it's like it's like I will do I will do my job and be the disclaimer where I will say take this as the professional advice. You should see the professional person and make sure that you get your full assessment and all that. We're trying to do our best to make sure that it's applied as well as we can. Um, now this like you came up with two prototypes so far, right? So you you talked about too little for too long. Let's start with that person. If you were to give advice, a gen general advice, we're not gonna hold you like again. This is mm-hmm. a disclaimer. How would you kind of uh, guide that kind of person to get back? Like they say, okay, well, eat. I put on a lot of pandemic weight. Like I want to start working out again. I want to get back into. Um, you know, just being strong once again, can you please help me build a program that allows me to do that? Well, I think if we're talking from just a general strength perspective, someone that's gone too little, too long, most of the times these people are going to be amateur or somewhat novice. And at the end of the day, they need to become very acquainted with just the basics alone. So I would start a lot with you know, primarily movement education, kind of what, you know, the World Health Organization guidelines are, you know, the importance of, let's say, resistance training, how many days a week the recommendations are for somebody, you know, typically that's a couple times a week hitting the major muscle groups in the body. Um, And then within that, I would kind of take them through your general compound, big bang for your buck movements, Uh, that obviously have functional means and get them totally comfortable with that. But I would do it in a very graded exposure approach. Nothing crazy, keeping like, you know, their rating of perceived exertion relatively low or leaving tons of reps in reserve, just focusing kind of on the movement quality. Um, And then after that, after they get more comfortable with it, Uh, and more compliant with it, I would just gradually take those movements and then build them up a little bit over over time with progressive overload. What are some of those uh, movements? You mentioned the, the basic compound, compound movements. Like what are, what are, someone doesn't know what that is, like what exactly. are like the big three, big four is, main compound ex- movements? Yeah, what are Landon's top, <laughs> let's say five best oh. bang for your buck exercises? G- give, us, give us something, man, you know? So I mean, I mean, I would, I would break it down into just like your classic movement patterns. So getting people to do, you know, a knee dominant movement, typically this is in the form of a squat or a lunge. You're Are you seeing knees over toes? I'm down with knees over toes for sure. Ooh, okay, yeah. okay. We're gonna yeah, we're yeah. gonna put we're gonna put a little pin on that. We're gonna come back to that in a second. We're getting a little spicy over Mo- there. Movement sensitivity. If you're sensitive to it, maybe lay off of it for a bit. But if you're not, why not expose it? Um, but I would also say as some sort of a hip dominant movement. Classically, we're talking, you know, a hinge hinge sort of pattern deadlift. So right now we have our squat, we have a lunge, we have a deadlift. Then you got to get some pushing and pulling stuff in there, whether it's horizontal, right, or vertical or rotational. So just pulling and pushing in various directions. Um, on top of that, I would probably throw in some carrying an object and maybe some crawling. I think those 
kind of fundamentally make up classic patterns, but then you also have other things such as jumping, throwing, and then uh, other movements where you're going to work certain muscle groups in shortened ranges and lengthened ranges. But the compound movements make up all those other things. So the squat, lunge, deadlift, push so, and pulling, carrying. So that was, uh, you said crawling there? Yeah. Interesting. I, so just, just for someone who doesn't crawl much, <laughs> what yeah. would you, like just if, if there's a patient or a person who you're going to give a crawl movement to first of all what type of exercise would that be and how would you explain it to them if they're like dog why the hell am i on the floor fucking crawling just just in case they ask you what would you tell them yeah i mean again depends like if it's you know typically i would use it in like maybe it, it depends on the patient like if it's a shoulder related thing if it's low back pain um but if we're just saying in general, let's use, let's just use a low back pain patient, for instance, I may use the whole thing about it being required for core stabilization. But I'll also mention something about like developmental movement patterns, you know, as a baby crawling is one of like, the first things that you're exposed to you crawl before you walk. So you kind of have these, um, move like you know the movement milestone things that kind of are already built into our repertoire that we're not necessarily doing over time and kind of bringing mm. it back into action a little bit i think the other huge huge benefit that comes for crawling is obviously you know shoulder stability work and scapular stability mm. if we kind of think about things from an evolutionary perspective and moving from potentially quadrupedals up into more bipedal upright beans, you think about the shoulder, how it's kind of compromised stability for mobility, right? Whereas you look back at these other species that are a little bit more stable just because they have all four limbs in contact with the ground. Um, so you get that direct compressive force kind of at the shoulder and that straight arm strength that is going to kind of build up your scapular stability more. Yeah, I like that. Um, what are your thoughts about like adding in dead hangs? Like I, I had an episode where kind of I was challenging Michael and Prap to kind of include dead hangs as a part of um, the shoulder training too, just to, mm -hmm. oh, well, first I was kind of like as a challenge, I was like, just try to increase your grip strength, but trying to hit a, hit your own max time. So we talked about how bear crawls could be used as a means of adding compressive forces that could allow to challenge the tissues there and really challenge them to be nice and strong there. Does hanging offload it? Like, is it compressive or is it more decompressive? What are your thoughts about that? I think, I think hanging's great. Um, yeah, obviously from, I mean, especially from a calisthenics person, like I do dead hangs regularly. Um, but you know, it hanging's going to have the more tractioning effect, right? Whereas the crawling, we have the compressive load, but hanging, you're going to have more of that tractioning. So I've actually even used, uh, dead hangs for people with a lot of kind of subacromial pain, you know, theoretically if you're creating more space to alleviate maybe some of the tissue that's, uh, being maybe pinched on per se. Um, but I, I think that again, 
if we're talking evolutionary and if we could once brachiate and we're not necessarily doing that, I think it's important. You think about most shoulder patients, where do they get most of their pain? It's, it's when their arms are overhead, right? So why not build a little bit more, um, you know, resiliency to having your arms overhead? And I think dead hangs provide that perfect opportunity to kind of combat that issue a little mm-hmm. bit more. Yeah, and I just think that like the, like with the ground, it's nice because there's a hand to shoulder connection, and you can force a lot of stuff to come in. And if we get very technical, you can think about muscles like the serratus to come and support the shoulder too. Um, with the hangs, what I particularly love about it is that it actually forces your upper back to also be forced to open too. Mm-hmm. And if you if done correctly, you can almost have that, like your weight pulled down and kind of decompress everything too. And I just like challenging my patients. I'm always like, hey, the last guy that I had in, he had a lot of shoulder pain. You can do a minute 30. How about you? How much can you do? And then things like that that are very interesting. I was just going to say, have you guys heard about um, the guy that was doing the bear crawl every day for like a minute long or something? He was on TikTok. Was it Landon? It's probably, he looked like Landon, to be honest. I just thought it was so interesting because this is the stuff that he was talking about. Like, I encourage crawling and hanging a lot. The most interesting thing is, like, honestly, people who have met in person that that have, like, the craziest physiques, they're able to do the most of their body. And, like, me and Landon have talked about this, like, quite a bit, right? These guys just do, like, push-ups, pull-ups, planks bear crawls uh, side planks handstands like monkey bars like it's just interesting how we've kind of over the last especially the last two three years has been a big lifting craze i think maybe because of covid but mm-hmm. in the in the last two three years we've gotten really into weightlifting. but there's people that are not even doing any of that they're not doing any of the friggin' deadlifts the squats they're big movements yeah but there's people that aren't doing that stuff and they're getting results and they're getting very functional and i don't know i think i think it's important for us not to neglect just using our body that's why like you know even for my own workouts i make sure there's push-ups in there there's pull-ups in there there's um you know side planks there's um, I don't do crawls, but I do a lot of the dead hangs now because of my own, you know, I found that it's helped my own shoulder strength and resilience in the first place, right? So mm-hmm. I always make sure, and even with patients, I try to make sure they have some body weight things in there so they know before they even touch a weight, do they have the foundational pattern solid? And once we're there, we can increase the load and increase the weight and then make them even stronger in that position and lock it in. Like, I, I don't know, that's what I, that's been my philosophy over the last few months. Yeah, I think, uh, I think with, you have to recognize that your body doesn't know what, you know, the apparatus is necessarily. Like, it doesn't know if you're pushing a dumbbell or pulling a barbell or whatever, kettlebell what it knows is that there's a load and it has to generate X amount of force internally to overcome that load. So whether you want to use body weight or dumbbells, your body has zero idea what like what it is you're actually doing. It just knows it has to respond to that. So to allude to a lot of the stuff you just said there, it is completely feasible to grow, to get super strong and build an incredible physique 
their body weight training alone. I think people think that, oh yeah, well, you know what, like once I get, like, you know, push-ups are easy. Like the first thing I'll tell them, I'm like, okay, well, like what kind of range of motion are you moving through in? Like half the time they're doing partial repetition. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's go through a full range of motion. Like let's bring that chest to the ground. Let's lock out the elbows at the top, you know? Oh, that's getting too easy. Great. Let's slow down the movement. Let's, let's add more tension to it, right? Slow down the eccentric, maybe throw a couple of isos in the mix too, in kind of like the harder ranges. Okay. That's getting too easy. Great. Get your feet up on a surface. Make it, turn it into more of a decline push-up. Get it more challenging. Oh, that's too easy? Great. Yeah. Add some rings. Like, it's like there's there's Add so rings, many yeah. ways. There's so many ways to just make this so much more challenging. Um, and I think just people need a little bit more education about it, but also willpower. You got to do the damn thing at the end of the day. I think it's also like ego a little bit. Like, it's yeah. kind of like, <laughs> oh, yo, what the hell? Yo, I already mastered push-ups and stuff like what now i gotta do like fucking military press bro like you know what i mean like it's an ego thing but it doesn't really make sense because you can make it as hard as you need to it's like oh it got easy just do some more <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> at the very yeah. least just well, do some more <laughs> like, ab- absolutely I, I mean like you think about guys that are in prison and like most of these guys push-ups pull-ups dips rows squats that's all they're doing all day in and day out and you know they're adding so much metabolic stress to the area but they're getting they're getting so huge because of that right having that kind of uh hypertrophic response on their body and um you know there's lots of research that's coming out i mean this is talking about muscle hypertrophy in general but you know it doesn't necessarily like at one point we used to think that it was like, ah, you got to stay within the eight to 12 rep range. And that's, that's ideal for muscle hypertrophy, but all this new research coming out from, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Brad Schoenfeld. No. Okay. So he's like the leading researcher when it comes to muscle hypertrophy. And what they're now showing is that as long as volume is equated, right? So let's say we're doing, three sets of 10. Okay, that's going to give us 30 total reps versus two sets of 15. Assuming these are taken to failure, they're going to have the exact same hypertrophy response. Like they're showing that there's like no significant difference <laughs> between things as long as volume is equated and that your and that your actual workout or exercises are being taken to or near failure you know whether it's one or two reps just shy so for the average person then like let's say because there's obviously a lot of um, bs scattered all over instagram totally about uh heavy yeah. weights light weights uh light weights yeah. higher reps and all that so then as from what you've learned through your research and education is there a difference between a guy doing like let's say 70 pound incline press six reps four sets compared to like 50 pounds 10 reps four sets like is there then a significant difference really does the heavier weight adding the heavier weight include add in some type of stability some type of extra stress that you wouldn't be able to access through the 50 pound dumbbell yeah well i mean i think the the heavier load you know is is gonna kind of yield a little bit more 
strength gains overall. Yeah, fair so enough, yeah. I think, again, if these two things are taken to a near similar failure response or yield point, you know, we're, we're thinking, you know, maybe they have the same muscle size change, but the guy that's lifting heavier overall is probably going to benefit more from strength gains. Cause I think he's going to, that person's going to be he or she, whatever is going to be recruiting probably even more higher threshold, you know, motor units as compared to the person that's lifting a little bit lighter fair enough yeah just myth busting you know and then another another big myth right that like i guess we were sort of talking about before but um let's say someone is um just doing machines compared to those squat deadlift bench etc or body weight type exercises i have my opinions on it but just I want to hear your opinion on, let's say a patient comes in and says, oh, I stay away from those things. I stay away from the squats, the deadlifts, the bench. I don't want to injure something. I stick to the machines because I still get the pump or the muscle stress, but I feel like it's safer. What would you tell them about the benefits and pros and cons of each? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I think machines maybe serve a role. I don't use machines. Neither do necessarily too many of the people I work with nowadays do, but I think they serve as a guiding point. I think, yeah, they're safe to some extent, um, but it, it allows the novice that doesn't have as much movement efficiency to accomplish something. And I think, you know, you can get strong using machines 100%. I don't like machines for the extent that. You know, you don't move through your day-to-day life on a machine, Yeah. right? So it's like, now what's actually relative to you and your day-to-day activities? You know, are you going to, when you go to pick up a box on the ground, are you just sitting on something and lifting it in a fine, controlled way? No, like there's going to be degrees of freedom. You're going to move in a different way. And I think you need to get accommodated with moving loads kind of freely, so that it just mimics kind of your normal true, function. True. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I would think. Okay. After having heard everything that you're about and the calisthenics and the body weight training that you're saying, Landon, I'm going to say something about just workout program that I'm kind of thinking about after what you said right now. And you tell me if this is the way that some people can start their workout journey if that's what they want to do. Again, if you guys want more information, please go see a professional. I will see it again. Um, so, <laughs> this guy's too my much, w- right? <laughs> He's like, yo, I'm not getting, I'm not losing my license. I'm not losing this. my license. That's that's like not even full yet. Man's you know, not, I'm not even a full physio. He's a PT. I'm, not trying, to, I'm not trying to lose my residency, man. Like my resident like status. I'm not trying to lose it. Um, oh. So, my workout program would involve. A push element where I'm going to keep it simple, where it's going to include variations of push-ups. We'll do standard push-ups. We'll do military push-ups. We can do even white grip push-ups with some elements of some eccentric bias or maybe even concentric bias. Number two, it would involve pull-ups because it has grip strength, hanging, and different variations of grip can help help like get after the entire back there. For the legs... I'm thinking squats. It could be body weight squats too. Like maybe 
jumping squats or prisoner squats. Um, but if I have some weight around, I can use weight to stress myself or I can just go max reps with prisoner squats just as long as I'm getting to a failure range with my body in terms of my quads um, to get that nice strengthening. And then for the hammies, I don't know, maybe some single leg RDLs that could be done body weight too or you can use weights so long as that's available. I'm trying to just come up with a program where I don't have to rely so much on weights because then, you know, people have that notion where it's like, oh, I got to go to the gym and the pandemic keeps messing with the gym and therefore I can't go to the gym. So based on everything that I've said, there's a, some things missing in there. Maybe you can throw in some crawling too. What would you say about that program? Yeah, it sounds, uh, it sounds real. I think it's missing some components. If I could, if I could put something together, a very general, general, general thing for somebody, mm-hmm. they want to yeah. stick to it. They want to do it, you know, a couple times a week. What I'm going to probably get yeah. them to do is sure. We're going to have some sort of squat. If we're talking and again, relative to the person, maybe just body weight squats is super tolerant. Maybe we're dealing with, you know, a 60 year old individual decondition body. You don't have to, you don't have to do me like that, bro. <laughs> but like, you know, it depends. So like, you know, maybe it's someone's a little bit more advanced. Maybe we're looking more at pistol squats or some Bulgarian split squat, whatever it is, you need some mm-hmm. sort of a squat in there. Yep. Um, right. I would be throwing maybe in some, and then obviously more unilateral loading. So we're throwing in some sort of a reverse lunge or, a forward lunge maybe we're throwing a lateral lunge in there to kind of expose yourself to more frontal plane movement because that tends to be a, a, a plane of motion that a lot of you know workouts don't uh, move into very much you stabilize through that that plane but you don't actually move into it so maybe so we have some sort of a lateral lunge a forward lunge a squat great that's a lot of knee dominant stuff I like the idea of the single leg RDL Cool. Maybe we superset some of those. We just pair them together, right? And then I would be putting in your horizontal pushing. So in the calisthenic world, that's obviously going to be your push-up. I would be putting in more of a vertical pushing as well. So that's either going to be at a higher level, it's going to be your handstand push-up. Otherwise, looking more at pike push-ups, which is more of a vertically uh, oriented push-up. I just imagine uh, a six-year-old grandma doing a handstand push-up. I was yeah, like, God damn, Obi. <laughs> Yo, there, I've, they're I, out there, dude. There's this, there's they're a seven, there. there's this seventy-five-year-old woman at my calisthenic park. She was a former gymnast, uh, and she still hops up on the bar and she can do pull-ups. It's crazy, bro. I love that. Um, That's the yeah, goal, I, man. I love, I rate it, man. And I would say then, obviously, we need our vertical pulling. You need a pull-up. You need a chin-up. Uh, either or, different variations, what have you. And then have your horizontal pulling, so your rope. Um, And then maybe you just mix in a little bit of core stuff and I would rinse and repeat, stick to the basics, get really good at the basics and uh, progress them over time. How would you row? How would you row at home? How would you do a horizontal row? Yeah, if you're at home. uh, Grab a door frame. You, what what I like what I've had clients do is I'd either get them set up under their table if they can tolerate if their table can tolerate it, uh, so they can grab on the ridge of the table and just pull themselves uh, kind of up and down that way. Um, 
obviously you'd want your body to be parallel with the floor to get a oh, horizontal pulling like an inverted row type of thing. yeah, yeah horizontal yeah, exactly. meaning like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the surface so, is horizontal yeah, inverted row um nice. but then on top of that maybe it's like and this is like this had to have been four years ago i was doing this all the time i was putting up chairs beside each other and then i'd put like a hockey stick or i would take a shovel and I would put that there, and then I would go under that, and I would I would pull myself. Uh, that's interesting. I like this horizontal, vertical push-pull component. Like it adds in both of both of the planes. It's definitely yeah. useful. And I would say even my my like my rehab style as a physio, like my training style is all based. This is all kind of strength and conditioning kind of uh, lingo, but. Even my physio rehab style takes the same thing when I'm rehabbing a shoulder or an elbow. I kind of still work with these kind of movements, but I just, I accommodate it in a way to the level of that person at that time. I like it, man. I think it's, uh, I think both of the workouts you guys described are uh, definitely hitting, hitting the nail on the head. Definitely, I think a lot of people can use this because I hear a lot of, you know, oh, I can't get in the gym. I just, whenever I think about weightlifting, it's just not my thing. But then whenever we start doing more body weight stuff, like we do some inverted rows too, you know, on TRX and all that in the clinic. And as soon as we start throwing that in, it seems like some people just like that more. Some people like the either applying it through body weight or sometimes even in sports specific stuff more. And then as soon as you get them doing the same type of movement, like let's say they hate doing a lunge in the gym, but then all of a sudden you you do like a lunge to explosive high knee or something like that Mm -hmm. and it's kind of it reminds them of when they used to play soccer or basketball and then all of a sudden they love it and now they're they're in like now they bought into the treatment so i I think just because like i was saying i've definitely seen i don't know if you guys agree but there's been a very big trend of like weights 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 over the last Mm -hmm. few years and i think the what i've found more uh, success in is you know find what they like and just get them show them a challenge yeah show them like a challenge that. yeah and show, show them, them a challenge, challenge that's that, fun that's fun exactly yeah yeah so exactly what what you guys just said and, and that's kind of what what, you, what what you're doing looks like to me right so and, and i've seen a lot of the stuff you've been doing um obviously you know maybe you don't want to get into the details but you've been you've been working on something too that um sort of formalizes and creates these type of plans for people so do you want to maybe talk about what you've been working on with your own company and uh, how that's going and what your steps are for that? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I started... Do you want the background story, too, of how it led up to it? Yo, go for it, bro. Yeah? Okay, so, I mean, I guess it was the pandemic that kind of shifted me uh, towards... I mean, I was kind of already doing conventional-style weightlifting uh, for a few years um, before this. And when the pandemic happened, I was already dabbling in a, to a bit of hybrid training with calisthenic stuff uh, as well as weightlifting. But obviously it kind of pushed things totally into the direction of calisthenics. And I totally just ended up getting very obsessed with it. Um, and I was living by myself in Toronto during the pandemic. And obviously I didn't I needed something to occupy my time with aside from just school and it kind of became a new discipline for me. Um, so obviously I got very obsessed with it, started to see 
crazy, crazy results out of it. Things, being able to accomplish things that I never thought I'd be able to started to kind of become a reality, which was super cool. So there was just one night where I was kind of at the park. It had to have been like 12 o'clock. It was late. And I remember just kind of toying with the idea of what I'm trying to find for the future for myself, you know, finding your purpose, that sort of thing. Uh, sounds super cliche, but I was out there and I kind of just thought like, how can I integrate this into more of my career? How can I make this what I do as a living? And I kind of coined physiothenics <laughs> that night and the word, it kind of just clicked and I was like, ah, this works. So, um, you know, fast forward, that was at the end of 2020. I was already kind of plotting this out. And then 2021 was kind of a year of just sitting back really putting kind of pen to paper about how I was gonna approach this stuff and move forward with it. Um, so I registered, I got the company registered actually just this this year. Um, and what it's all about is obviously physio refers to physiology or physical, and obviously this means function. And then Thenix, it comes from the latter half of calisthenics but it comes from the Greek word thenos, which is strength. So the whole company is built on uh, focusing on building up someone's functional or physical strength. And the logo is the flower of life, which is the building blocks of life. And so all in all, it's about building up somebody's physical strength overall. I love that um, shit. I love yeah, that, man. That was so, beautiful, that's bro. That's so sick. Like, I love the the thought and the, like, how all the pieces kind of just fit together. And it just, yeah, it really sounds like everything just clicked. That's that's sick, man. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it all, like, really came together. And obviously, we're still toying with things right now and figuring out what the scope of the Do you have any gear? is going to be. What's Do you have any that? gear yet? Do you have any gear yet? Oh, oh like a tire? Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there's uh, there's something coming. There's something. Yo. All right, all right. There's a few there's a few things that are going to be There's a storm coming, eh? Yeah, there's stuff coming for sure over Yo. the next <laughs> next couple of months. There's there's going to be a boom of stuff. Yeah, it's I and we're, we're kind of looking into like design now that the logo's all done. I haven't released that yet but the logo's kind of all finalized we know what's kind of going to be going on the merch and all that stuff so that's all said and done um just trying to, to find pieces that i like to wear the most and represent me and that's kind of what's gonna kind of come out very soon um but yeah back to like the business in itself it's it's really just focused on obviously we have the aspect of you know physio but the training is predominantly around body weight oriented stuff and just trying to build up you know physical strength but not only just that like mentally right a lot of this stuff is mindset and uh you know you can really make a difference in, in someone's life uh through uh through you know, training and um yeah so we're gonna see where where it kind of goes i'm kind of excited i'm super excited to see where everything's gonna go i have definitely have a plan for it over the next five to ten years uh just got to stay the course and uh keep hammering in the nails let's get it man yo we are rooting for you and we're waiting for that physiothenics attire that gear the drop boom. we're waiting for the boom we're waiting we're, we're waiting for the boom so far it's pretty funny people people have like 
the one thing about the spelling is it, it, it definitely confuses some people. I've gone in like, is it physio in the six? Is it is it physio the Knicks? And I'm like, nah, nah, it's it's physiothenics. I think Come it's on. pretty self-explanatory to be honest. <laughs> maybe though, maybe you'll find a way to like make it more obvious. But like you know, once it blows up, you'll you'll they'll know by themselves. You know. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, ideally, it'd be super cool to have you know other professionals work with me down the line in it uh, that are all kind of into this body weight. Uh, oriented training whether it's massage Cairo and all that sort of jazz just have a team of rehab professionals and other professionals that you know rock this body weight stuff kind of coming together and promoting the same message and lifestyle I dig it man it sounds sounds like an exciting time for you yes sir that's awesome well we're all going to be tuned in as soon as you drop all that stuff um do you have an instagram set up for right now that we can plug for the people yeah so it's at physiothenics uh p-h-y-s-i-o-t-h-e-n-i-x um we'll put that in the bio and stuff yo that's that's physio the next right (laughs) don't vex me bro Physio, physio the six Physio in the physio, Six. Physio in the Six. There's actually there's actually a clinic called Physio in the Six already. Yikes. Honestly, you know, whatever whatever gets you popping, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go to that clinic and see if they have a t-shirt. I'm just gonna wear it around, you know. And then I'm gonna just replace the six with N. That's, it, <laughs> gotta, gotta, that's gotta, the boom. Gotta, that's the boom. That's the storm. Gotta, it's a lawsuit. Gotta ride the wave, man. <laughs> <laughs> Man, gotta stay fuck. covered, man. Gotta stay strapped. Gotta stay strapped, bro. Get the strap. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Willie, do you have anything, anything else you you want to ask? Mm, no, Len? no, no, no. Just, just appreciate you for being on here, man, yeah, and sharing your thoughts, bro. Like, I think a lot of people will find this to be very, very useful. Yeah, I feel like I, I learned some stuff too, and I'm definitely gonna. Yeah, like I love that that point about the reserve. Some of those exercises that you pointed out, definitely gonna try them out with some of my patients, especially uh, the athletes who are trying to get more into body weight things. Um, definitely gonna take some stuff away from this conversation. But um, yeah, so this has been this has been Landon, aka Physiothenics. We're gonna drop all of his uh, all of his social media in the bio, and once he you know releases whatever he needs to release, uh, we're gonna update the bio too. Put that all in here. And, um, you know, this has been a kind of a new episode after a long break, but, you know, we're back at it. If there's any other topics you want to hear about uh, as a patient, as a uh, healthcare provider, whoever you are, just let us know in our uh, Instagram, just message us, email us, whatever you got to do. So this has been Prab, Walid, and Landon on the PT Lens. Take care, everyone. Peace. Peace.